0: This is the 422nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter from the AJC. In this episode, we're going to hear from Coach Arthur Smith, linebacker Caden Ellis, and defensive back D. Offert. And we also have a special guest, David Aldrich of The Athletic to help us preview the upcoming game against the Washington Commanders. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
1: Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach. Pina Colada.
0: All right, we're back here from the break, and we're going to get right to it. We want to hear from Coach Arthur Smith as he gives us that injury update on Caleb McGarry, Calais Campbell, and A.J. Terrell. You
3: no, know, Caleb, I think uh, nothing major, but uh, we'll have to see how the week goes goes along. Um, Calais, same, you know, same thing. I mean, we got some bumps and bruises, uh, but nothing to report that's Anything that should keep anybody out of long long term. So kind to see the next forty-eight hours go and you know who's available Wednesday.
0: All right, the forty-eight hours will be up tomorrow. We'll get an update. We'll see if Caleb's back. Coach seemed to think that he was okay because he could ride the bike. But I mean, you know, he likes to wait until he gets his MRIs and so forth. Calais went in a both and him and AJ went in a concussion term concussion tent in the game and came out. And we're cleared to return. So, you know, you never know because sometimes uh, uh, Troy Anderson's, you know, didn't we didn't see anything in the game. And then on Tuesday, you know, he came in and, you know, went into the protocols. So we'll uh, update you on that as a coach. uh, You'll have to file his injury report on Wednesday. Now, after the big 21 to 19 win over the Houston Texans. Here's what Arthur Smith had to say about the state of the team after that big win yeah i think uh
3: the biggest thing for us is to continue to be objective and improve right it's we know they understand you know how hard it is to win in this league and so you know we overcame a lot yesterday some of the turnovers we got to clean up right the week before we had two picks and yesterday it was two fumbles uh the costly penalties uh really in that fringe area that stopped us from getting points that the next step is we got to clean that up and uh so there's always work to do, you know, situationally, defensively. I thought they played really good. You know, credit to Houston, CJ. He made some throws in two-minute uh, and a half in the end of the game. So there's always stuff. I think it's a constant work in progress, and that's got to be our mindset. But we're, we're pleased to get the win yesterday. It was a great team win. But we got to get ready for Washington. They're going to come in here. They're, they got essentially a mini-bye, right? They got more time. It's a talented team. We know pretty well. The two uh, close battles with them, and we've been on the wrong side of So. We know how good this front is they have, and uh, they'll be ready to roll. They got good skilled players on, on offense, and uh, so, you know, we're excited.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to get into a lot of that uh, Washington situation with uh, our special guest, David Aldrich. Now, um, I, can, I counted 10 on deadline, but, hey, Desmond Ritter was spreading that ball around to 11 different players. Uh, here's what Arthur Smith had to say about that.
3: I think that's what you want to do. Um, we don't want to be obvious, so there's risk reward. I mean, sometimes you know you try to set that up, something up, you get to a wildcat, and it. Doesn't look very good, but uh, you know it's not going to stop us from trying. And you know, we got to be cleaner, and there's things we can we can certainly continue to work on. But um, it's but that was is mo you know the next step clearly is eliminating the turnovers and. Scoring more points it's always going to be our objective but i think what you saw was a pretty efficient day it certainly helps the defense Like you talk about playing team football when you can hold the ball for 10 more minutes that helps um so again our biggest thing now is to learn from it and and continue to get better
0: all right no doubt about it uh you know we saw the falcons go um go to uh, to the I formation and run some power on third and one. And, you know, we celebrate that here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We don't celebrate when they get in empty or uh, get in a shotgun on, the, on um, third and one or inside the five-yard line or on a two-yard line. That's just not bad, not good football. If you're trying to go forward two yards to snap the ball back five, and uh, bad things happen, that it usually does. It happened in this Washington game last year. They were in the shotgun, ball got tipped, and uh, they lose the chance to win the game. So, But against the Titans, they got an eye formation, put the fullback in there, and ran it up the middle for two yards. We almost had a heart attack in the press box. But here's Coach Smith talking about the decision-making process on third and ones.
3: You look at numbers, lead, and a lot of it is about your matchups too. Okay. But what you think we've done well, like you know the plays, the two ones that we hit to Tyler, those were set up off that that pitch we had to Bijan. Mm-hmm. We just put a different wrinkle in. Mm-hmm. So those were that's what the setup was for those. But again, it's what they how they play, what they're trying to defend. Um, you know what you think are your strengths are, and so that changes week to week. Uh, again, you don't want to be obvious. You know, I think there's one team. It sneaks the ball really well. A lot of people are trying that. Looks a little bit different without uh, Kelsey and uh, Hertz. do forget how strong Jalen Hurts is. Uh, you know, like I said, there's some guys that are probably can aren't as strong as him. Looks a little bit different. It's like looks a little bit different when you throw an alley oop to LeBron James and when you throw one to me. So you got to remember sometimes it's player driven and uh, matchups and what you're trying to do. So we just try to change up week to week and.
0: That's what we did yesterday. I don't know, man. My My sources said coach had some hops back there in Memphis. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I guess he went to Georgetown prep, but maybe um, so he had some hops in D.C. But anyway, you get the point. Jalen Hurts is strong, so they don't mind running the uh, quarterback sneak. That used to be your short yardage play. Tom Brady ran it. He's not going to run probably power at Deron Payne on third and one. That's probably not a good matchup. So maybe the jet sweep. I saw the Raiders hit that. I just can't. I got to get my arms around this uh, new spread stuff that uh, taking the ball away might be a good thing on third and one. So this goes into matchups. I wanted to know, you know. Cause something tells him that, hey, you know, maybe I don't get in power with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen sitting right there in the middle. I probably can't win that. I might want to hit the edge. So, that was that. Uh, that was good. So he's helping us, um, uh, you know, open up our minds about short yardage offense. There. Now here's what Coach Smith had to say about Washington.
3: Yeah, great, great front. Uh Investing a lot in it. Led right four first rounders. They've already, you know. Double down on the interior two guys and Payne and Allen. Um, very talented football team. So, you know, when you come off a loss like that, we know they have more time to prepare. They've had to sit with it. We'll, we'll get a we'll get their best shot here Sunday.
0: No doubt. We're going to get into it. But, yeah, he's expecting Washington to come here in a little foul mood. And we will figure out why as we move on here. Now, uh, caught up with D. Alford. He's taking over at the Nickelback spot. You know, he's coming up and hitting people in the run game, too. Here's our conversation with D. Alford, Atlanta Falcons' nickelback. You
2: know, yesterday was uh, you probably uh, one of the defensive players of the game. How do you feel? Everything went for you yesterday. Uh, I feel like everything went uh, pretty good. Um, You know, it's a few plays I could have made that, you know, I gave up a catch. Uh, One particular play, but other than that, I feel like uh, I was locked in, focused, and got the job done.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, what has it been like this season, taking over that? You know, you were competing for the nickel spot, and now you're kind of taking it over.
2: I mean, it's been pretty great. I mean, that's the mindset you want to come in. You know, uh, you know, we got a great group of guys. Uh, you know, we got guys who can come in and and, mm-hmm. and start behind me uh, no matter uh we just got a great group of guys in the secondary mm-hmm. but it's it been great uh being able to take over that key role in this defense because mm-hmm. you know the nickel position is a huge role in our defense and mm-hmm. it kind of showing when i'm able to you know make the plays on the run or or in the pass the passing game mm-hmm.
0: and they uh, with so many people playing 11 y'all mm-hmm. pretty much pretty much make you a starter
2: correct yeah correct because you know 11 personnel a lot of speed a lot of receivers on the field you got to have a extra, mm-hmm. you know db on the field and technically mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes I play a whole game and sometimes I might play a team, you know, who run a lot of regular a lot of big personnel, different things like that, but so far the lead member becoming the passing lead, so you know mm-hmm. there've been a lot of eleven personnel.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what was it like? Um looked like Jesse was counseling me, kinda, you know, teaching the older young cats some things. Uh what was uh, that? Oh yeah, been like man.
2: For you? I mean, yeah, me and Jesse got a great relationship, you know, on and off the field. Uh he's he's a great leader. He's a guy uh you know, I just try to see the game as how he see it. You know, mm-hmm. he uh he one of them guys, you know, who be leading with interceptions and that's the mm-hmm. things I wanna do. And he just liked to spread his knowledge to the young guys and, you know and He's a great like i say he's a great teammate and a great leader
0: uh, and coach said uh, you know yesterday I played a lot of coverage and uh uh, you know, sometimes y'all will go and, and get after people, but how does is, how is it feel that they have the confidence in y'all to play cover?
2: Oh, it feels great. You know, as a, as a DB, you know, you want to uh, have a coach who's going to be like, hey, man, we can we can play man. We know you guys going to cover, and that's the type of grit that we got. Uh, we can play man the full game, or we can play zone. We can switch it up. we got a good versus our group. Uh-huh.
0: And, uh, you know, Coach, was, you know, the Canadian League seemed like so far ago now. Are you settled in now that, hey, I'm in the NFL? and
2: Uh, Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can say that. It's crazy. I just uh, having a conversation with Jesse, you know, uh, a lot of times I step on the field, you know, I just had to have to realize, like, Hey, I belong here and different mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, I feel like you can you can tell the way I'm playing. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with myself and you know and all that type of stuff mentally. But yeah, uh, so far I've been doing pretty good. You know, it's always room for improvement, and I will continue to get better and grow as a player. Any thoughts on
0: Washington coming up? I know y'all got to study and get ready for them.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I'm actually about to dig into them. You know, uh, uh, so far they got a, a you know a good wide receiver group. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can rotate in the slot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of different. Uh, uh, guys, you know, uh, I got to study a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure they can going to continue to do what they do. They got a two good run backs, so they're going to try to run the ball a lot. You know, if the run don't work, pass it. And, you know, we got to just study and, and, and see the type of route concepts they like to run.
0: All right. You know, the Falcons pass rush, you know, only five sacks, but they got a lot of takedowns, a lot of knockdowns, and a lot of hurries. To the point where their uh, pass rush pressure number is 43, which is respectable. Some of the, the best teams in the league, you know, sack wise, don't have the same pressure number. So it's a different way to look at pressure on the quarterback and not just sacks only so we got that covered in the cover nine at nine blog for you all on wednesday but here's our conversation with caden ellis he's the linebacker the falcons have blitzed 53 times they've sent him 18 times so he's part of that pressure package and we discussed that with him uh here um on the bowtie chronicles podcast how's it feel to get that win yesterday and now start moving on to washington
4: great I mean, team win, it was a, a tough one. You know, each phase of our uh, of our of our team had its moments, and uh, we were able to kind of put it all together at the right time together and, and uh, set KU cool up for a game winner.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach said y'all were playing a lot of coverage yesterday. How that work for y'all?
4: A lot of coverage? Yeah. Like different coverages? Or? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did, we... You know, and the follow-up will be about the pressure.
4: I got gotcha. you. Know, covered pressure. You yeah, know. yeah. Now there was, uh, you know, you got a, They have a very talented young quarterback, Stroud, and obviously he had been doing some really good things coming into our, our game and did some good things against us. And, um, we just want to be able to mix the picture up against them and mm-hmm. uh, throw out a couple different uh, wrinkles, maybe some things we hadn't showed, mm-hmm. and then also you know have your bread and butter that you just played really well. So uh, we were able to mix up the, the coverages pretty well.
0: Uh, and then. Um you no know, pressure, I don't just look at the sacks, I go look at the knockdowns and hurries, and y'all got a 43 all together mm-hmm. with the sacks, uh, 17 and 19 knockdowns, yeah. um, and he said y'all are affecting the quarterback, so he don't want people to get caught up in just sacks, how do y'all feel about the pressure packages when y'all do, uh, you know, we were able to flush yeah. them out, and that, that's what, you know, that counts too.
4: Mm-hmm. No, no, I, you know, we're really confident in it, obviously we've had, uh, you know, maybe not the sack numbers you want, mm-hmm. but. Our third down numbers have been great. Right. Our, you know, tons of hits, tons of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting after him for a couple of weeks in a row now. So um, it's not anything where, yeah, the sacks are gonna come. That's kind, of, that's kind of the feeling right now. is like the sacks are gonna come. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's been I don't know how many times quarterbacks have just thrown the ball away against us <laughs> yeah. uh, all the way back to week one to now. So um, eventually they're gonna try to force something, hold on to a little longer, and uh, we'll make them pay.
0: And uh, what's it like playing behind Grady and David, because they're getting a lot of
4: pressure out of up mm-hmm. the A-Gas. Oh, God. it's awesome. You know, just uh, two, they're so strong, they're mm-hmm. aggressive, they're quick, uh, they're fundamentally sound, they, they always know their job, so mm-hmm. they're just out there flying, wreck, wrecking havoc, and mm-hmm. um, it allows us to play pretty fast behind them. Mm-hmm. And Nate,
0: um, last question, he always talks about how you helped him out there. How's he, um, how you been able to help him, or he's helped you, or what's that relationship like? Troy
4: out there. Yeah, you know, the race has been awesome. Uh, Nate, Nate's the type of guy, it's just, you know, when someone goes down and, and there's a, a void to be filled, um, you never know what's coming next, you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, you've seen guys in practices, but you never know what they're going to be like in a game. And, and just the uh, steady head and the confidence that he has out there, um... It you know, helps me because it lets me know, all right, I don't got to worry about you. I can just do my job. I know you're going to do your job to mm-hmm. uh, 100% standard, and you're going to go out and, and dominate. So it, it allows me to play fast because he's playing fast. Mm-hmm.
0: And D, offer, Coach, said he's been playing lights out and nickel. Have yeah. you all seen that? On
4: oh, yeah, great coverage. And then honestly what's been so awesome about D is, you know, he's a guy that you know is so fast and go cover and, and run all these routes with these receivers, um, but at the same time, He's stepping into the box and coming, filling some run gaps that uh, you know. it's tough for Nichols to do, and he's not just doing it in a way that's like, oh, I got him down. He's, he's getting some big hits, so uh, it's been awesome to watch.
0: And just any thoughts on Washington? I know you got to get into your study and all that later, you know, this week. But any thoughts on uh,
4: Washington coming in here on Sunday? Not yet, to be determined. But I know that our crowds gonna be crowds gonna be ready to go, and we will too.
0: All right, before we go to break, just two things. We got breaking news today. Falcons traded for wide receiver Van Jefferson. Gave up a sixth round pick for him, and they're getting the seventh round and the player back. He's in the fourth year of his rookie contract. So the Falcons thought that, hey, uh, low risk, high high reward type situation. If he can come in here and help the passing game, an upgrade uh, at the receiver position, that'd be a bonus for him. He's motivated to play. Contract situation motivates him to play. He wants a second contract, may not be here, but somewhere else. He also was a starter there in the Super Bowl a couple years ago for the Rams. Caught four passes for 23 yards in that game. And then also another uh, programming note for you all. Good friend, Gene Jocks Thomas, uh, one of the um, top writers in Dallas. He's been following around Coach Prime for the last two years. He had unfettered access. And you can Google Coach Prime. And his book is out today on uh, all the platforms that you get your books on. So Coach Prime is the title of the book. And my former intern at the Cincinnati Inquirer is the writer John Jack Smith. He was uh, with he's an Ohio State guy. He was with the Dallas Morning News for a long time. That's where he was a columnist. But his book on Coach Prime, the hottest coach in college football, is out today. So with that, we're going to take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air
1: freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
2: Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.
0: The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited access for 99 cents. That's unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, we're going to introduce our guest today, David Aldrich of The Athletic. Hey, David, thanks for joining us today. Man, Deal. thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Yeah, David's currently at The Athletic, a uh, legend in the D.C. area. You all know him from his work uh, uh, on uh, various other uh, outlets, ESPN, HBO, all kinds of uh, stuff. Great career. He's an a NBA Naismith Hall of Famer, 2016. So, David, thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us about the new ownership in Washington with Magic Johnson and the Josh Harris group?
5: Yeah. Well, the most important thing, Daryl, is that they're not Dan Snyder. That's the most important thing. It really is. Like, are you Dan Snyder? No? Okay, good. (laughs) So that's all people here wanted to hear was that he would not be owning the team anymore. And so the runway, the the honeymoon, whatever you want to call it, for Josh Harris and his group is going to be, I think, way past a year. I think it'll go well into next year unless the floor completely falls out and they go, you know, 2-15, and 15, which I don't think they're going to do. You know, I think they'll – whether they make the playoffs or not is another story. But I think there's too much talent for them to be completely awful this year. But, yeah, I think people are still – Excited. The honeymoon period is a little less now that they've lost three straight, but but people understand that this is going to take a while. I think most people in town, frankly, expect there to be a new coach in here next year, if not a new GM as well, um, because that's what Josh Harris tends to do. It's what most owners tend to do when they buy a team. They want to put their own people in, and so whatever happens with Ron Rivera after this season or or the front office, I think most people will not be surprised if there's new people in here next year that will take over a team that, again, has some talent but still needs to fill in a few spots.
0: Yeah, no doubt. We know Ryan uh, Riverboat, Ryan, from his days in Carolina, down here in Atlanta. They used to go do battle, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, for years. Yeah, so. Yeah. How is that well we we've talked about him, but how has Eric Bienemy re- been received as the coordinator in DC and it's kind of a bum deal for him? He gets an OC job and then he's probably, you know, in a one-year tryout deal. He is.
5: I mean, it's it's you know, it's interesting with Bienemy because there's a lot of people in town that are like, you know, why don't you make him the head coach? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh now, I don't know if Josh Harris feels that way or not. I don't my guess is you, he can make a decision separate on Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy. I think they're, they're, their paths are different, right? Like Eric Bieniemy can leave after this year. You know, I mean, he can leave and go be a head coach somewhere. I don't, you know, if they, again, unless they totally fall apart, the offense hasn't been that bad. It's been probably better than people thought it would be, to be honest with you, um, given their limitations on the offensive line. So I think, I think Eric's going to be all right either way. Like I think that there will be a lot of people who will want him to be the head coach here going forward. Um, He may not want it because there may be better opportunities for him out there. Um, So I think everybody kind of views that differently, kind of puts him off to the side and says, okay, that's something, that's somebody we're going to have to deal with at the end of the season. Like he has options. We have options, right? So I think both sides may have a little bit of, of, of authority here to make a decision that's best for them. Um, but either way, I think Eric's going to be fine because I think they'll put up numbers. Hal's going to be a pretty good quarterback, I think, if he doesn't get killed. They don't get that boy killed by the end of the year. <laughs> you know, He's that could be a David Carr situation, the way this thing's going so far.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to get into that later in the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Has the 29 sacks and so forth. but um, so So the offensive line is a problem. How was a fifth-round pick. Ritter went in the third round that same draft. So, you know, they're going to be linked, you know, at least this Sunday. You know, uh, what are and some Purdy of went the seventh rounds? Uh, yeah, and Purdy <laughs> you went. You know in what the I'm seventh, So yeah, yeah, and pick it first. So <laughs> hey, it's a uh, you know you got to find your quarterbacks where you can these days. That's right. <laughs> right. But uh, how is the offense? You know, Gibson's a kid that's from here, and I know they're trying to run by Brian Robinson. Scary Terry's out there. You know, you know he can he can uh, take over a game. Uh, what what have you seen from the um, Commanders' offense? Well, it's interesting. I think part of what's happened is
5: that obviously with a young quarterback, um, I think the enemy is is trying to get the ball out quick, right? You know, because he doesn't want him sitting back there, um, having to go through a third, fourth progression. It's just, the lines just not good enough. They won't. They won't hold up. So what's happening is there's a lot of underneath stuff, um, and it's So the receivers yards per, per reception and all of those things are very low. Come, you know, when you look at their talent. You look at McLaurin and you look at Jahan Dotson, who's a first round pick last year, and really has played well when he's been healthy and out there. You know, they, they, they've got lots of good receivers here, but they just can't run the full playbook. You know, you can't run four verticals, for example, with this group. You just can't, because he'll get killed back there. You just can't do it. So it's a lot of underneath stuff. We all know coming from KC, he's gonna run a lot of screens. They run a lot of screens. And so they are they are driving the ball. They're putting good drives together when they don't turn the ball over. And and that's been a problem too. And, and unfortunately Antonio has been part of it. He keeps putting the ball on the ground. Oh, I mean That's just okay. been a problem yeah. with, with since he's been here is that he makes some really good plays, but then he'll put the ball on the ground. And he just can't, mm. can't have it. And Brian Robinson has been pretty good. They have not been in positions where they could stick with the run, you know, especially the last two of the last three weeks where they've got Boat race by Buffalo, which was understandable, and with by Chicago, which was inexplicable and un- unforgivable. You know, um, but you have to throw the ball. They literally. This is not. A, this is not a misprint. The, they threw the ball fifty-five straight times. They went back to pass fifty-five straight times. Now sometimes. They had to – you know, Hal had to take off. He ran. Sometimes he got sacked. But he dropped back to pass 55 straight times against Chicago. They did not run the ball the entire second half. They didn't run it once the whole second half. And that's just not sustainable. You can't Mm. live like that. And so offensively they've had – but then they go to Philly and they put up 31 and really could have put up 40 pretty easily against a pretty good defense. So, you know, so there's been – Hit and miss has been, it's been inconsistent, but there have been some good signs there.
0: Yeah, so the Falcons need the Chicago team to show up, and not the one that played the Eagles if they wanted to. <laughs> but the Falcons only have five sacks, so Eric's got to feel oh, like, shoot. oh, hey, I oh, might be have... able to get a bomb off you here know How many sacks Chicago
5: had going into that game? They had uh, two. two, they had oh, two oh, okay. sacks. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, Washington was is the
5: get-right team for the teams that don't have no sacks. That's the Uh-oh. That's the
0: get-right offensive line. <laughs> oh, that might be my X factor for this week. when uh, you go. go through my game day, I'm making a note of that Mm -hmm. hey um the defense man i saw deron Payne. you know i love the big guys in the trenches and especially when they get their money jonathan allen's a a stout football player montez sweat from he's from here stevenson high stone mountain and uh chase young the most hyped chase young uh that's pretty good looking line even if chase young isn't you know uh what everybody thought he was gonna be so the uh Discuss their defensive front and how they're trying to make it go on the defensive side of the ball. Well, the front again is
5: kind of like the team. The fronts had moments where they were dominant. They dominated the fir- the first game against Carolina d- or against uh, Arizona, I should say. Mm-hmm. They dominated that game. You know, basically won the game. They didn't get off to a great start in Denver, but then Duron Payne literally ended the series by himself. Like he just, you know, <laughs> tackle for loss, <laughs> sack, <laughs> deflected pass, get off the field, three and out all the Payne, right so they've had their moments and and even though Chase's sack numbers aren't what they're supposed to be I I'm, I'm gonna die on this hill, Daryl he's playing he's playing good he is okay. playing well he's setting the edge against the run he's, mm-hmm. he is putting pressure on the opposing quarterback he's not finishing that's been a problem mm-hmm. it's been a problem for him and, and for Sweat this year they're getting there. They're just not finishing. And, okay. and that's, you know, it's an it's part of the problem with this team. But the D line is not the problem. That's okay. not the problem. They right. have played fine. The problem is the secondary. The secondary oh. has not been good. They have been awful. Now they spent a first round pick on Emmanuel Forbes. We all saw the talent at Mississippi State. We saw him taking things back to the house. We get that. Kid can make plays, but he is lost right now, Daryl. He oh. doesn't know what he's doing. He is getting barbecued out there every week (laughs) last week. And it's just, he just not, he's just double moves. Everything works against him right now. He's not tackling. He's not, you know, and it's, it's typical rookie stuff. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bust or any of that nonsense. He's a rookie Mm. play four games, five games in the NFL. He'll get better. But just right now it's rough. It's rough right now for him. And Mm. Quan Martin who's their second round pick literally hasn't played all year. Because he hasn't beaten out the other guys. He'll play this week because they had to put two safeties on IR. So oh, okay. um so he'll play some this week. But it's been that back seven has not, mm. or the secondary in particular, they don't really play their linebackers a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but the back seven the, the secondary has really struggled. For whatever reason, they played a lot more man this year. I guess they felt like their front could get home. They didn't have to blitz a ton. Mm-hmm. But they've been doing some cover zero, a lot of stuff that you know, they played a lot of zone last year and they were pretty good at it. So I'm not sure why they're why why they, mm-hmm. they changing up all of a sudden. But there's a lot more man this year and there's been a lot of busted coverages. A lot of just, I mean, Chicago literally had, I think I added up, they had 10 or 11 chunk plays
0: mm-hmm.
5: of 12 or more yards in that game yeah. the other night. And it was just easy stuff. It wasn't even like they were doing anything exotic. It was just running past dudes. And, that, and no help over the top and miscommunications and just the secondary
0: is a mess right now. Okay. All right, I think Coach Rivera, that's his side of the ball. They'll get some of that stuff cleaned up before they get here um, uh, for the game on Sunday. Hey, David, tell before we get before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find your work at. Oh, I'm at The Athletic. D. Aldridge at TheAthletic.com.
5: Dave, um, you know, I write about Still write about the NBA a lot, but I also Mm -hmm. like to write about the D.C. sports, like the commanders and the the Wizards and the Nationals. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, it's been five years. I can't believe it. But it's been five years to the day this week uh, since I since I joined the athletic and it's still a good place to work, man. I really enjoy it.
0: All right, man. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, certainly appreciate you having on, having you on the Bowtie Chronicles. Always good catching up with you. And um, you take care, Dave, and keep uh, keep going as long as they, uh, you know, as we we old veterans, let's hang in there.
5: <laughs> we, we ain't going nowhere, Dave.
0: <laughs> All right, that's for sure. That was awesome. We really appreciate Dave coming by. Good friend, go back a ways. Had some good times on the NBA beat back in the 90s. Uh, covering the last dance crew we were out in salt lake together but i uh, appreciate him coming on our show the bowtie chronicles podcast to help us get ready for the game on sunday the falcons three and two will be hosting the washington commanders who are two and three let's just go over some notes from um from uh, on washington so that uh we'll be ready for the game you know they started the season with two wins, they beat Arizona and uh one at Denver. And then they lost to the Bills 37 to 3. This is the game that they're pointing to. Uh 34 to 31 loss to the Eagles. They pushed them into overtime. But you know, that's a division game. So you know they're gonna play those guys tougher. And then had to turn around and play the Bears on Thursday night. Bottom kind of fell out there forty to twenty. Sam Howe was sacked five times, hit 11 times. And Dave kind of alluded to that in our wrap-up of the uh, Redskins, our preview of them. They opened in a 4-2-5 Big Nickel. I'll go over that personnel later. Got some locals there. And uh, so Montez Sweat, Stevenson High, Mississippi State, Antonio Gibson, uh, Eagles Landing and Stockbridge, linebacker Jammin Davis, Lone County, Chris Rodriguez, running back, from Ola and uh, Jake Fromm is on the practice squad, former uh, uh, George Bulldog. All right, here, just a couple more notes on the Commanders. Uh, sack attack, the 5-11 and 11 against Chicago, they've allowed 29 sacks. So that's where uh, Dave was talking about that offensive line. Uh, the rushers are Brian Robinson, 67 for 271. Antonio Gibson, uh, 13 for 54. And then Howes ran 15 times for 101. Uh, you're putting the ball on the ground. Eric B. Enemy's not going to trust you. So that's a problem. But uh, two years ago, when the commanders beat the uh, Falcons uh, here at the Mercedes-Benz, Gibson caught 14 passes from Tyler Heineke. You know, we cover that whole thing, in the cover nine at nine block. Top receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas, tight end. They've all got uh, – McLaurin's got 25 catches, Samuel 23, Logan 18. All that scored touchdowns, Logan Thomas two. And uh, Hows numbers are – they're making a big deal in D.C. that he's got more yards than the other quarterbacks in the draft uh, that year, Pickett and Ritter but not Brock Purdy, but he's 131 of 191 for 1,349 yards, 68.6%, throwing a bunch of short stuff, 6-6, and and a quarterback rating of 86.1. Now, those four first-rounders that Coach uh, Smith was talking about, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young, Uh, David covered all that uh Montez Sweat 4.56 and they also have Abdullah Anderson back up He's backs up Jonathan Allen according to their depth chart now secondary I, I was you know I went and did a little work on them today and I was like wow this is uh they didn't spend a lot of money on the secondary <laughs> but Forbes David covered him he's the rookie 16th overall pick Mississippi State. But the other guys are, you know, veterans, Kendall Fuller, Virginia Tech. He's 28, 2016 draft pick, third round. Uh, Benjamin St. Justy is a third rounder in 21. And um, we'll see how the safety situations uh, uh, turns out. uh, Cameron Curl and Percy Butler started in the uh, Chicago game. So we got all of those guys covered. This one last thing before we get out of here, we just give you a little NFC update, NFC South update every week. And uh, right now, Tampa Bay, they had to buy, so they're 3-1. The Saints are 3-2, Falcons 3-2, and Carolina's 0-5. Looking like they got a shot to go 0-17. It's going to be a bad year up in Charlotte. Uh, Tampa Bay is plus 16 differential. The uh, Saints are plus 20. The Falcons are living good at a minus 13. Uh, They got two one-point wins. That's how that happens. And then uh, Carolina is minus 53. And uh, the schedule this week, you got Washington at Atlanta. The Saints at Houston, two and three. uh, Carolina at Miami, four and one Miami. And um, Detroit is at Tampa Bay. So uh, Tampa Bay will get tested by Detroit. We'll see what the Saints can do with Houston after the Falcons uh, edge them out. Carolina's probably in trouble there down in Miami. And uh, the Washington and Atlanta game is going to be a tougher than I think uh, expected game because the fact that they have uh, lost three in a row, given up 37, 34, and 40 points. And Coach Ron's a defensive guy. So that those things, that they had a little extra time to get ready for it too. So uh, the Falcons are going to be in for another battle on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Again, we want to thank Coach. We want to thank Caden Ellis. We want to thank Dee Alford and our good friend David Aldridge for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast to help us get ready for the game on Sunday. We're going to ask you to take care, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.
1: Ocean Breeze